Welcome to the Be the CEO of Your Life and Business podcast. I'm Laura Katina. And I'm Amy Mara. And we created this podcast out of our own struggles with the hope that we can help other women who are navigating one of the many different seasons we've been through. Whether you're running a business or dealing with the juggling act of your motherhood and your career, we are here to give you real tips and strategies to navigate it all. So let's dive into today's episode. So on this week's episode, the long-awaited episode, we are so excited to bring on our paralegal, Dawn Kinjisti, who just so happens to be related to me because she is my sister, and she has been working for us full-time since the beginning of 2022. She was working for us at like a per diem ad hoc basis um, during the portion of last year in 2021, when Laura and I were starting to like really realize that we needed to get some help in here. The reason we're so excited about bringing Dawn onto our podcast is one, because we, the number one question that we get all the time is like, who is that bubbly person that answers your phone? And <laughs> yes. how is she this excited about her life every single day and answering the phone and talking to people? Um, so we're going to take her out from behind the phone and we're going to put her in front of a microphone and have her talk. And you will see just why we just absolutely love having her as a part of our team. Um, and you could see that this is just her personality and how bubbly she is. And we really want to talk to Dawn because we think she's going to bring a really great perspective on figuring out where you should land professionally and what kind of factors play into that because she has had quite the employment um, history and just life happening to her, for her, however you want to qualify that. Um, so we're really excited. I'm super excited. This is like a really special time to have my sister on here. And uh, we're really looking forward to this conversation. So Dawn, welcome to our welcome, podcast. Welcome, Dawn. <laughs> Thanks, guys. This is so exciting. <laughs> so where we want to start off here is maybe you could just give a little bit of a background as to how you became our paralegal extraordinaire, but obviously there were a lot of stepping stones that you took along the way before you got to that point. So like share a little bit about your story. Okay. Yeah. So I went to college, um, at John Jay College of Criminal Justice in New York city back in 2000, uh, to become a police officer. And I had always wanted to work with juvenile delinquents, which everybody kind of laughed at. They were like, really like kids that are troubled, but I just, I found it so fascinating. And so I went to John Jay during nine 11. So I was actually commuting to the city, um, on nine 11. And, uh, to this day, my mom and my husband, Scott are constantly like busting my chops about that because I insisted on getting to school to hand in a final as everything was unfolding and I refused to turn around. I just wanted to get that final under my professor's door, but really that changed kind of my perspective of everything. I mean, number one, it actually changed my career a little bit. Um, Right after I became enrolled in John Jay, I actually became a reserve police officer for a small borough in New Jersey, borough of Westwood. And I started to get my basic training and little did I know that I would get thrown, you know, the day of September 11th um, at a local hospital uh, preparing for triage because we didn't know what was going to happen that day. And after 9-11 and the chain of events that occurred, there was a restriction on commuting to the city. 
So it just so happened there was a guy that I knew from high school that also went to John Jay that also had a very similar schedule to me that offered to commute with me. 16 years later, uh, we've been married. And, uh, you know, so that I think 9-11 changed like everybody else. It changed a lot of what we did outlook wise. But um, from that point forward, I knew that I just wanted to be in some sort of service. Um, I love helping people. I love being around people. I love being there to pick people up in their struggles. So I think that's kind of when we, you know, Scott and I started talking about, you know, what this looks like for us as a couple, because he also wanted to be a police officer. So we kind of made that conscious decision. Listen, you know, we didn't want to work shift work. We wanted to see each other. So I said, listen, you go, you be the police officer and I'll find something else. And I, I fell into being a paralegal. I was working at a local frozen yogurt shop and one of our regular customers came in and said, Hey, you know, we need a clerk in the justice court and we have somebody going on a maternity leave. Do you want to stop by and see what it's all about? And that turned into a six month stint, which turned into one of the justices asking me to come work for him for his private practice, which then snowballed into, Hey, I have this other attorney friend of mine that needed a paralegal legal assistant, would you be willing to help him as well? And kind of fell into being a legal assistant. After I did it a while, I realized I think the best thing for me at that point was to become more educated so that I knew exactly what I was doing as a legal assistant, because I knew there was a lot of pressure to be not only the best of what I was doing, but also be knowledgeable in the field of law. And while similar to law enforcement and everything I studied at John Jay, it was different. I was on a different side of the law. You know, I was dealing with civil litigation, real estate and everything like that. So I signed up to take some classes to become a paralegal down at Fairleigh Dickinson in, uh, in Teaneck, New Jersey. And of course, I had to pick, you know, the nine months before I was getting married. So I was planning a wedding and studying to become a paralegal all at once. And uh, actually, my final exam was two days before Scott and I got married, that I got my certificate. So yes, we did that actually for nine years. I was a paralegal. I did that for a small firm in Rockland County. And we did, again, litigation and landlord tenant and real estate. And I loved it. I just, I felt like I was taking a little bit of what I had learned at John Jay and I was absolutely satisfying my need to be in law enforcement or government, which I've always been fascinated with also. And then being able to just help people and grow as part of the legal community in Rockland County was super fascinating to me. And I got to work with two amazing people because I worked with Amy and Laura for all those years as well. So it was really cool. So, you know, fast forward, then, you know, I became a little bit, you know, disheartened, and a little bit, you know, sad about the way that my paralegal career was going. It wasn't exactly what it was in my mind going to be. So I, you know, long talk and kind of heart to heart conversation just with myself and with Scott and like what this looks like. And I know Laura and Amy are like, what, why are you leaving? Where are you going? Oh my but God. I just felt that it was a crazy point. time. <laughs> yes. Yes. But, you know, I needed, I needed to make that decision that I needed to step away from a little bit, but I knew it wasn't forever. Like I just, I knew I had so much satisfaction in doing what I did and like really loved 
doing what I did. I just didn't like who I was doing it for. So that's when I made that decision to move forward. And then of course, like all the other things kind of swirl in my head, like, what do I want to be when I grow up? You know, (laughs) now I'm, you know, getting older. I was, I was my, our second one was just turning a year old and like, wow, I gotta, I gotta support my family still. And I've got to be mom. And what does that look like? So I actually went into a construction business, um, you know, as a office manager for an electrician and I loved it again. I love construction. So it was great. You know, I got to do things that I'd always either been interested in or heard a lot about. So I did that for a little bit and then just something in me, I was like, wait, you know what? I love helping people plan things. I love just being a part of happy events, you know, and I kind of joke like the legal career is always black and white you know, and I wanted that gray, like that, that really nice gray where I could do like something a little bit different. So I had started an invitation business, which I still have today. So we just, we celebrated our 15 year anniversary in March. Oh my God. Wow. So, so uh, I did, I had already had that business. So I was like, you know, wait a second, I'm starting with the invitations. Like what about the planning aspect of it? So I actually started working for a wedding planner. I was really like going like complete polar opposite, like you know, not so much the black and white. Now I was really gray, like the happy times, the weddings, the galas, the, you know, anniversary celebration, stuff like that. And I did that for a couple of years. And then again, it became a lot. You're, I'm a mom, you know, I wasn't seeing my kids on the weekends. I wasn't seeing my kids at night. There was always an event and it was tough. I, I never wanted to feel like I was stuck, but at the same time too, I missed I miss seeing my kiddos. Um, and then, so I left, I left the wedding planning business and then I started back in another construction related business and, uh, three weeks actually into being at this new position, I was pregnant with my third and I went for a routine test at my OBGYN and found out that I had two types of leukemia. So now I'm pregnant. Now I have two types of leukemia. So we have to figure out how we're going to save my life and my little one's life. And I had to give up my job. I, for the first time in my life, I was not employed and it devastated me. It crushed me. I felt like I was a failure. I felt like I was not doing enough for my family. And it was just, it was a very tough struggle because mentally, I was like, okay, I just have to beat cancer. Like, that's what I got to do. And I got to make sure that my baby gets out of here alive. And I wasn't even really thinking about saving myself at that point. But that was, so that was a year of my life. That was March of 2018 through pretty much the beginning of February, 2019. I was back and forth. I went through chemotherapy. I was away from my kids for six weeks in New York City receiving treatments. We had an emergency C-section and our little Tessa was born at two pounds, eight ounces. And then I spent the entire summer back and forth between the hospital getting chemo treatments in preparation for bone marrow transplant. And so that was, that was tough because I use the hospital as kind of like my command center. So I think you guys talk about this a lot, you know, juggling the different aspects of your life and making sure that there's that balance. And that's tough to do from a hospital room. It's like, you I know, I can't even brought, imagine. 
I brought my laptop. I set it up on the little counters that they gave us or even the little tray table. Like, and, and I, I worked, you know, I made, I made schedules for my kids. I made sure I studied for spelling tests with them. And, you know, every day I checked in on them to make sure that they were okay. But, you know, in the back of my mind, I kept saying, well, when I'm done and I'm out of here, I need to find a job again. Like I need to, I need to be back to supporting my family. And so the rest of that year was kind of building up to my bone marrow transplant in December of um, 2018. And then I was in the hospital for a month trying to figure out if it would work, if it would stick, if there would be any adverse reactions. And between the end of December to the beginning of February, like I almost lost my life. I was rushed back to the hospital. I my liver was failing. I had blood clots all in my liver. I had clots in my brain. Um, my kidneys were failing. Like my whole body was saying like this, this transplant is, is not working right now. This is, this is actually doing more harm than good. So there were some times where I was touch and go. I don't, I still don't remember two weeks of being in the hospital at all. Um, I have visions. I have ideas of what happened, but um, I don't really know what happened beside what my family and, you know, everybody else has told me, but I woke up one day and I said, I'm, I'm going to do this. You know, I couldn't walk. I couldn't stand on my own. I couldn't get out of bed on my own. I had to rely on people helping me. I've never done that in my life. Like I've always been the one helping everybody else. Yeah. So, you know, it, it brought a lot of peace to me that I'd never felt in my life. And I struggled for a long time, always thinking that I was never doing enough. And I was never, I was never providing enough for my family. And I realized that year of my life, I provided more to myself in terms of figuring out my own strengths and more to my family in showing that you could be at a point where you think you're not coming back and you do. And so Fast forward, you know, as I'm in the hospital, like a couple of weeks before I had my transplant, I got offered a position at West Point uh, working for the Association of Graduates. And I told them, yes, I'll take it, but can you hold it until after I'm done? Um, and they kept following up with me. Little did they know, like I was in such bad shape. But February of 2019, I, with all the strength within me, was dropped off at that building and I pulled myself up with all of my weight up those stairs and I started working again and it just, it made me not only appreciate everything that I had been through, but it just gave me a whole and completely like, and I don't even know, like it was a different like spiritual and, and physical outlook on the strengths that I have and what I really wanted to see my future to actually be. So, um, yeah, so I worked, I worked at West Point for five years, just about five years. And I worked as a, an event coordinator. So I got to be an event person again, and I loved it. I worked with so many amazing graduates who have done amazing things for our country and our, our world. So I was humbled. I was a little starstruck, uh, multiple times because I would be amongst these, you know, four-star generals and, you know, found myself like a little, you know, winded and, you know, out of breath. It was like, you know, <laughs> your modern day George Clooney and, you know, somebody wearing four stars and, uh, you know, breast full of achievements. So it was incredible. 
And really my culminating moment was probably last July. I had already started working for for Amy and Laura and I thought it was so exciting because I kept saying to them, when you guys go out on your own one day, I want to be your paralegal. (laughs) And they they giggled at me and I was like, I'm serious that whatever you guys need, this is, uh, this is me. Like my husband laughs at me. He's like, you always you like commit yourself to other things. And I'm like, yes, but I love it. So anyway, so I started working for Laura and Amy in April. And then in July of last year, I had worked on the first offsite reunion that West Point had ever done in Washington, DC. And the last night of the event, they presented me with a certification and I actually don't have it behind me anymore, but a certification, I became an honorable member of the class of 1965, which is to me, that's so cool. Like, it's like the coolest thing. So now I am amongst the long gray line at West Point as a member of the class, the first female member of the class in 1965, because females were not admitted to the Academy before 1980. And I yes. sat there and I was like, what, like how, how do you get better than this? I mean, this is incredible. Like, I love this. The next couple months happen and life just throws me a curveball and says, no, this is not, this is not what you need to do. This is not what you need to do. And in this weird serendipitous way, I had voices of Amy Mara and Laura Katina saying, <laughs> we need you to come work for us full time. <laughs> and I struggled back and forth, back and forth. And I'm like, no, this is it. This is what I got to do. Like I felt home again. And now here we are like, you know, January 3rd of this year, I sat down in this seat and said, okay, I am now officially a mom remote working from home, working for my friend and my sister doing what I love to do. Like it 10 years flash by like that. And it was like, I had already been doing this like the whole entire time. Like who would have ever, who would have ever thought in, when did you leave our last firm? What year was it? 2014? That would have been 2014. Yeah. Who would have thought all these years later that we'd be back together again in a different, obviously a much different place, much different environment. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what I'm hearing from you and what we know to be true, um, just, you know, based upon our own experiences and so many discussions we've had is that environment is everything. And you have been in all these different environments, you know, and learned what your strengths were along the way. So, you know, how have you seen, how has your environment impacted you along the way? Oh my gosh. Well, I mean, you know, I think about from the beginning, you know, when I first started as a paralegal, it's that initial like honeymoon phase. Like I was so excited. It was just something brand new. And, you know, I, I looked at it as this huge honor to be able to help people sort out their lives. And, you know, I, I kind of attributed that a lot to what I felt when I was a police reserve, you know, people, you saw people at their worst, and we still do. I mean, we we see them in the greatest moments of their lives and really when they've struggled and hit rock bottom and they don't know what else to do or they feel like there's nothing else that they can do. And going through those motions, through the different careers, you know, while the construction one had a different 
satisfaction because you, you saw a building go from the bottom up. You know, I kind of think of that with everything that I've done, with everything that we do. You know, we don't just start at the top. I mean, nobody, nobody does. And if you did, like, please let us know how you got there so quickly because yes, yes, kudos. But, you know, I really, as much as I had these little like flashbacks in my mind, you know, really when I was in the hospital, you know, seeing other people going through stuff just like me, you know, you sit back and you, you do a lot of why and how come and why me and all that sort of stuff. But then you think of it from a completely different perspective and say, okay, I'm in it now, but the millions of other people that went before me, they did it. They, they, they got through it. They conquered it. And then there's going to be a million other people, which we hope we, there never is a million other people, but there's a lot of other people out there that are going through it too. Mm-hmm. So I think that, you know, between what I went through in the hospital and, you know, all the stuff medically that went wrong, like I realized like strength is so underrated. Like you, you don't know how strong you are until you're in the worst of your life. And I, I think that's what I love about what we do. And not to say that everybody comes in and that they're in the worst moments of their life, but knowing that you're helping them is just, it's the greatest feeling. You know, you never know who's on the other end of the phone when they're calling you know, we may see a number pop up, but that means nothing until you get on the phone and you hear somebody's, you know, I need help with this, or I'm so excited. I'm buying my first home, or I just got a speeding ticket again. You know, like you just, you just never know what that's going to be, but regardless, we get to help them no matter what it is. So, you know, I think that now knowing what I've been through in the past and living my former paralegal life and then seeing how it compared, there's no comparison, you know, work now is I think so much more rewarding because there's no stress of getting dressed every day, sitting on the throughway in traffic, wondering if you're going to make it to the office on time. You know, that last minute phone call that comes in at five o'clock, not knowing if that's going to keep you there till six. And, you know, what if now I have to call daycare and call wonder when I could pick up my kids or I'm going to have to, sorry, guys, I'm gonna have to miss that boy scout or girl scout meeting, or I'm going to miss your riding lessons. Like, you know, there's a very nice balance. I feel like between home work and just advancing in our professional careers now, which I think just makes us better people. And I know for sure I, it's made me a better professional overall. One of the things that I love about this, and um, I actually jotted this note down while you were talking, is that there is this undulating theme of service in every single part of your life. And I said this to Laura, what, probably a week ago, we were on the phone and she and I were having a moment of like, oh my God, like this to-do list is not going away. The inbox is not stopping. And I, we had listened to another podcast interview, she and I separately. And one of the things that they said was some people are put on this planet for their sole purpose of being a helper. And when I heard that, my sister's face flashed before my eyes. I said this to Laura the other day. And I was like, Dawn's purpose in her life is to serve. She is, and not in a subservient way, but right. a, mm-hmm. she gets the greatest satisfaction knowing that her service is matching like the needs of other people. And 
what it sounds like is that you went through the different employment positions and when your alignment, your personal alignment to service and like service above yourself started to not match what you were doing, what your output was, you were like, this environment's not working for me. Like, this is not what I need. I need. I need somewhere where I can serve and then feel like it's being felt and appreciated and impactful. Mm-hmm. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is that, did I no. just find you in a nutshell? This you. Well, you are her sister. <laughs> I, you kind I of mean, know her. Sister just totally cracked my code. No, a hundred percent. And, you know, I think, you know, Scott and I say this all the time because I, I always joke, you know, I think of my first job ever and I worked with my dad at the company that he worked for. And I'm not even counting babysitting because everybody became a babysitter when they were younger. You know, we just, I hated babysitting. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I worked there and um, with my dad, he worked for a company that generated computer forms. And, you know, I always took for granted what my dad did. Always, you know, I just, when he came home from work, he smelled like NCR paper with work. <laughs> like it made me half you people. I have no idea what we're talking about, but you know, if you've ever smelled carbon paper, that's what my father smelled like when he came home from work. And it was like, it was this fragrance. It was this aroma. But when I started working there and all these people that I had known since I was born, seeing them labor, but love what they did. And it just hit me that you, you just never know what's going on within a business or within a person's mind until you're actually in it. And that's what was for me. You know, yes, I, I thought I was going to be in, you know, when I first started as paralegal, I thought it was going to be paralegal forever and ever, never, 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 never. And when it became not what I enjoyed doing. I was like, then this is this, I, this is where I have to move on. It was like a chapter in the book. I just, I closed that, but I moved on. I never closed the book entirely, but I knew that chapter of my life was just the page had turned. But in doing what I did, I also realized too, the types of people I never want to be and the types of people I never want to work for ever again. And I think for me being that, you know, I don't want to say public servant because I was a public servant, but when I was a public servant and I, again, I come from a family of public servants, you know, as far back as we can trace, we've had, you know, members of the fire department and crossing guards and, you know, our parents were always volunteering with, you know, rec and Girl Scouts and Boy Scouts and everything that we did. And they were always involved. And I feel like now knowing what I went through in the past, it was just, they were all stepping stones to knowing and recognizing like, Dawn, stop looking. This is where your heart is. And even when I was working the other places, you know, people would be like, well, what did you do before? Have you always been this? And when I used to say I was a paralegal, they were like, wait, what? Like you can, (laughs) well, you came from there to here. And it's funny because, you know, for my personality, which again, they, they giggle at, but you know, this is who I am all the time. So the parts of my life where I explored other professions and stuff, they absolutely matched my personalities. You know, I, I think that I was a fit in them, but the personalities that were around me just were not allowing for me to grow. So I think that shows like it's, which Amy and I talk about, like, it's okay to recognize that you might need to do something different. 
And it's okay to go and try that something different. And this is a conversation I had with Amy many, many times before we partnered, you know, okay, so you do something different. It's not permanent. Like if you don't like it, go back to what you were doing or go find something else. Like it's not permanent, but if you stay stuck in that one place forever and ever, you're never going to grow. Right. Yeah. I think the other yeah. thing um, that I think of too, is because like Dawn was saying, our family, we have a lot of public servants and our, I, I had this realization list uh, two years ago, right before Laura and I got into partnership together that my mom, our mom, Dawn and my, our mom, she never settled for the environment that she was in. And we would always joke with her. I find that extremely hard to believe. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I love their mom. mom. (laughs) She is one of those, those people that just, she knows what, what she expects from herself, what she expects from other people. And if, if she's not feeling that reciprocation in what she's doing, or she doesn't feel like she's impacting people, she will up and and seek out better waters to, to charter. Mm -hmm. Like she does not want to sit still and sit and sit in the yuck of a Mm -hmm. environment or an unpleasant environment because she knows that her happiness is just as important. And I think that that's a theme for Dawn, especially, I know I carry that too, but like, I think that's really important is because it was given to us as, as an example, it was a demonstration that we saw and then it finally clicked when you're like, oh, wait, I'm like really turning into my mother. I do not want to settle for the environment. That's because we never wanted to admit that. <laughs> we're like, we're never going to be our mother's daughters. And no. we so are. And it's, and so it's not a bad we, thing. No, it's not. Not it's a bad not. thing at all. It's just, it's really cool to kind of see that. And you just going back and talking about your history of just the different environments that you were in, you were in so many different environments. You had so many different strengths that you had to play to. You had different passions that you were kind of igniting along the way, but your attitude really always stayed the same in approaching everything. And like, everything was a challenge to you. You were excited for it. You were excited for your opportunities. And you do that here too, even with the firm is that everything is like, okay, how can we do this better? How can we serve these people better? There are call yesterday is like, we need to do this so that we can do this for this client. And it's like, it's you're always thinking with that and you're leading with that. And that's really important to your continued growth, your excitement about what you're doing. And I guess to credit Laura and I for a tiny bit here is that we really do invite it. Like we want Dawn to be able to, to think the things and figure it out and bring us the solutions and the resolution, you know, how capable she is. And it shows like it shows in how she, you know, delivers for us. Yeah. And it's so amazing to see Dawn in this different environment, because just so everybody knows, like obviously pre COVID, especially in the, the legal field, like we didn't work from home. We were Mm -hmm. in an office working our hours. Amy and I were billing our hours. Dawn was there nine to five. Like we were in a very structured, like typical law firm environment. And now we are like the, the polar opposite working from home. I mean, we have an office, which we're in, I think a lot more than I thought we would be. Um, but you know, we have our home offices, we connect virtually on teams and on zoom. We have like desk phones where like we can buzz each other just as if we're in the office, but we're not like in person. Right. Right. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's so different, but we're working just as well together. It's, it's just so, if not better because our environment mm-hmm. has changed, but it's interesting to watch you excel 
just as much, if not more, because you're happier in this completely different environment, completely different. And I think I I want you to talk to that a little bit because I think for you in this entire journey, because I obviously have been privileged to more conversations than we're going to share on this podcast today because I'm (laughs) your sister. But I think that part of the journey for you is like, you've really set your, your sights on what you're prioritizing and what your values are. And you're really starting to realize like living in alignment is so much more important to you than anything else. And I want you to talk to that a little bit because we said before we got on here, you know, you can be planted in two different environments and in one you can bloom and in one you can wither. So Mm -hmm. talk to us just a little bit about why you're blooming here. Like, what is it in particular that has changed? Or if you could say one thing about maybe the culture, the environment or whatever that it is that you really feel has made the biggest impact for you. I mean, well, aside from the fact that I love you guys and I have always wanted to one day say like, I am Lauren Amy's paralegal. Um, (laughs) You know, I think that for me, it's working with like-minded individuals. And I think, you know, we, we talk about this all the time, you know, and, you know, Amy and Laura, you know, we, we love our self-help books and all this stuff, but one of my favorite people who's Rachel Hollis, I read, and, you know, even in one of the other books that I read recently by Dave Ramsey, like surround yourself by like-minded people and people who challenge you. And that's what I think we are and not in a, who is better than who, right? How can we all work to like promote like the best image of the three of us? But when you put us together, we're freaking powerhouse. Like, you know, we, we have taken that law firm image and kind of thrown it out the window And now the three of us, you know, again, fast forwards, you know, so back in 2005, when I started this, you know, Amy had just come on a little bit after that as a legal secretary, you know, not even going to law school yet. And then Laura joined the firm. Think about where we all were in our personal lives. Oh my God. We had just gotten married. You know, we were just having our first kids. Laura and I were pregnant at the yes. same time at one point. So we committed. <laughs> well, that was a blast. That. Let's drop that. Yeah. That was fun. Like, oh, Amy, don't worry about the two pregnant women in the office that have, you yeah. know, they're going to be yeah, on we maternity set, leave. And yeah, woo. we set Amy up on that one. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I think about it, you know, and again, just parallel back to all the other, you know, bosses, I will put, you know, in quotes there, you know, I wasn't really like all of them. You know, I had young children, which they didn't have. I had, you know, again, the last couple of years, I had medical concerns, which they didn't have. So they didn't really understand. But I think that the three of us, you know, we know we want to be happy. We know we want to be healthy. We know we want to be really good at what we do. But we all know that we have to balance that because once that balance, like, and I hate to use the scale because of the scale of justice and everything, but <laughs> once that scale starts tipping, it goes really quick. And yeah. if you're not taking care of yourself, you're not taking care of each other. You know, one thing that I actually love, and I don't think I've ever told you guys, I love that you guys thank me every single day for what I do. Like, no, I think that because is, we truly appreciate it. But, but no, nobody else does that. Nobody else says thank you. And I think that's the most 
underrated word in like everything that we do. Thank you goes a long way. You guys say it to me every single day, but every single day I feel all good. It's like, it's like a period at the end of the day. Like you did all this stuff and thank you. And we mean it too. That's the thing. No, I know you guys do. We see like the days just fly right by. (sighs) And you know, sometimes when you don't have people in close proximity to you, let's say all three of us are working remote and we're all working from our own home offices or wherever for the day or an amalgamation of of where our locations are, it can be really troublesome for some people to remember like, oh shoot, I have other people on my team that are still working just as hard as me, but we see it. We see it in the daily output every day. We see it, you know, in the way that you're, you come to work and your attitude for it. And, and you really just leave everything at the door and you just focus on the the tasks at hand. But it was always important for us as leaders of a firm to make sure that our team is recognized because 100%, we can't do this without having our team feel appreciated and and feel like they are serving their purposes. And we wouldn't be able to accomplish what we accomplish without Dawn's help on the level that we're doing it. Like she feels, I see, I can see her phone in the background and I'm like, oh my God, the phone. That red light right there. Blinking away. (laughs) We used to have this on our Blackberries when, when, back when we had Blackberries, it was the red light, like the most annoying and most anxiety provoking. Oh my. And yeah. The the emails I'm like seeing on my phone. And I know Dawn, of course, is copied on all of my emails because she helps me with Mm -hmm. all of my stuff. And I'm seeing the number of emails that are coming in. And a lot of that is stuff that Dawn will handle. And we wouldn't be able to function at the level we're functioning at. And we're still very stressed. (laughs) But like... What she handles on a daily basis is absolutely incredible. Um, So we think that like, if you're running a business and you have a team and you want that team to work for you and be happy and love what they're doing and just get stuff done, thank them, like recognize what they're doing because, you know, you wouldn't be where you are without your team. Like, this is not about Amy and I, this is about our team and our clients and serving our clients. So we truly appreciate Dawn. Um, you know, I mean, we knew of course, because we'd worked with her before how good she was, but like, I feel like you are excelling on a whole other level because you are happier where you are. Does that make sense? hundred percent. Yeah. And I want to jump on that. Laura knows my favorite word dovetail. I'm going to dovetail off that. And I'm going to say too, that if you're a leader of your, your practice, your firm, and you, you can get to know the people that work for you and understand what their strengths are. We Mm -hmm. know what Dawn's strengths are. And we have had the privilege, not a lot of people can say this, but we've had the privilege of working with her. Uh, Side note, I've worked every single job that I have ever worked in my life because of my sister. I worked at the frozen yogurt shop with her because she got me a job. I worked at the hardware Mm -hmm. store with her because she got me a job. I worked at this law firm with her. She got me the job. And now she's working with us, right? Mm -hmm. Not working for me. She's working with me. So when we knew what her strengths were, and we talked about this before onboarding her, Laura and I were like, she's going to be our IT guru. She's going to be organized because she was always super organized. She's going to manage everything. She's going to be polite with the clients. And that's where her strengths are. And that's why we've positioned her in that way. And when you're working towards your own strengths, 
you're going to blossom. You're going to grow. You're going to be excited about what you're doing. So rather than forcing and shoving Dawn into being that, like, what did I say last week? That square peg in a round hole. Yes. Put her in in the right hole. We put her in that right position to Mm -hmm. really flourish. And now you can see it the way that she's talking about that. Like that's something that's important and has helped her feel more fulfilled now in this round of her paralegal life. Yeah. And I think too, one thing that I recognize also is just because like we're friends or we're sisters doesn't make my job any easier either. You know, I take my job extremely seriously. And if, if anything, there's more pressure on me because I've known you guys for so long and, you know, because I am your sister and stuff, but, you know, relationships aside, you know, we've got daily tasks to do. We've got weekly tasks, we've got monthly tasks, and we've got ideas flowing all the time. But, you know, the fact that we work so well together as a team and that you guys have always just like scooped me up and said, okay, we're doing this together. It just means the world because that's, that's the kind of team that you want to work for. Those are the kind of people that you want to work for. And that's the kind of, that's honestly this day and age, this is the kind of job that you want. You want something that doesn't feel like work. You want something that is gratifying and you want to be able to work for people that really appreciate you. I mean, check, check and check. That's, that's all that's really important. Yeah. And it's important for the phase of life that we're all in too, right? Like we all have kids, we're all juggling all the things and it's impossible to find balance, but it's like, we all also recognize like, yes, we're very busy here, but we're also very busy like outside of this firm. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's so important, but this has been like an amazing conversation, you know, so this is a little look behind the curtain of our team, um, how we function every day. And it's just been really fun having this conversation. We could talk all day, but we like to cut it off because, you know, my attention span is not very good. (laughs) So, <laughs> and I'll end up calling you guys do, and sending everywhere. Yeah, right. We've got work to do. Right. Um, no, seriously, Dawn, thank you so much for sharing your story. I think that it helps other women to hear like different perspectives and just hear yeah. from somebody who they don't know, who has just a different experience. And I'm sure they learned something. So, thank you so much for coming on today. Thanks so much for tuning in. We thank you for spending time with us today and we'll talk to you on the next episode. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts and perhaps share it with someone that you think might benefit from today's episode. We'll see you next week.